Welcome to the Emotional Warrior Podcast. This program is dedicated to the exploration of men's emotional health and relationship concerns. I'm here to provide you with the insight you'll need to get started on a path of emotional growth and positive change. I welcome you to join me on this journey. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Emotional Warrior Podcast. I have with me my guest, Nehemiah Favors, who found, we found each other on TikTok as two creators that are contributing to the community in ways that are similar and, and complement one another. And so we wanted to come together on the, the podcast and talk a little bit more and have a conversation. I think that will be informed both by his background, which is he's a life coach. Okay. But not that not only that he's strength and conditioning coach, which if you've seen his TikTok, it's pretty incredible. I, I watched him like, yeah, those are some killer moves and absolutely. And a minister both in Atlanta and Virginia now. So he brings it all together, mind, body, and soul. I have a little bit of a background too, in exercise science and personal training, teaching yoga. Okay. So, Right. But then I, I, I went to psychotherapy because I was like, ah, there's more, there's the mind. Right. So, and that's, I think, and working with people, which it sounds like, you know, too, life coaching has, has really helped you to obviously open up into, especially and being a minister and a therapist, you know, a lot of that times that's how it, that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But one, one of the things that we, we wanted to talk about, so we, we talked a little bit about what we want to discuss. And a lot of this podcast is about, and and really dedicated now to men's emotional health. Mm -hmm. And so I want to focus on that within each of these topics. And of course, having a man on is very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So, but let's talk about, let's begin with self-image because I think it's foundational, but not necessarily talked about with men, you know, other than maybe, uh, a persona or something outside of you, but I think maybe we have a different idea of what that is. You want to talk a little bit about that first? Okay, so I'm gonna give you my background. So, so I am from the south side of Atlanta. Um, I grew up in a two-parent home. Okay, mm-hmm. four different brothers and sisters, lower income, but more so on the impoverished side of things, of course. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine some of the things I've been through, but So along with this, um, my dad did the best he could when it comes down to the financial, okay? So he did his best to provide. My mother did the best she could to provide, but two things. Uh, My mother, um, depression, suffered with depression, anxiety, codependency, right? Mm -hmm. My father, um, very emotionally unavailable, right? Mm -hmm. He was not good with words. He was not good with dealing with emotions and catering or nurturing other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. He was more so of a, that authority. So of course you would see a lot, we would see a lot of narcissistic tendencies. You knew his heart was in a great place, but he did not have the capacity to nurture because of course it's, it's a generational thing. You, the things that you see growing up, those are the things that you mimic. And if you don't seek the help, then of course it's not going to change. So and if, if you only do some of the spiritual work and you don't do the physical or the emotional work, your foundation is going to be like this. So 
things are going to be out of balance or out of whack. So growing up in that, you can imagine that I grew up with my mother spoiled me, right? Just to be honest as I can be, because I was a baby, <laughs> right? Uh, it's not too bad. This, uh, yeah, she, it, but I was the product of what you say of uh, adultery. So mm-hmm. of course she out, outside marital affairs. So you can imagine the environment I was, I was from the womb brought up through. So um, by spoiling me, of course, um, she did, she made me, let's say very dependent upon other people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, other okay. people's validations, um, other people's acceptance of him, like so many different things. Um, my father, of course, by him not nurturing me in the way he should have nurtured me, then, of course, I didn't have um, the self-confidence that I needed. So mm-hmm. this caused a lot of different things, a lot of different things. Well, a lot of, uh, let's say, people pleasing type of behaviors, serious yes. people, uh, people pleasing behavior. So, of course, as I'm talking about all of this. Yeah, no, I, was, yeah. I suffered with codependency, right? Mm-hmm. It has been a big, so of course I did drugs, um, smoking, drinking, partying the girls, living a lifestyle. I've done all that. I've been in the military, all these things. So I've done some things that, um, that of course emulated a person that suffered with a lot of this stuff. So mm-hmm. what helped me get out of that was right. from number one, of course, we're going to give credit to God, of course, we're going to give credit to him. But number two, getting the knowledge or the revelation of the things that I was dealing with, that is a big thing, right? So he gave me more understanding about what the codependency was, because I stumbled across this after I became after I became a life coach is when I stumbled upon codependency. I so know, of course, right? um, yeah, there we go. That's that's when I, so my mind opened up to, oh, all of these different things. There's is so much. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I did that. I did that. I did that. But just to stick on topic, self-image. Um, he gave me more understanding about the things that I was dealing with, which if you understand the things that you're dealing with, a lot of times people don't realize that these things are a part of what you say are your core values, mm-hmm. right? So your core values is basically, is that's the, you, if you want to reduce it down to anything, that's what your self-image is. The right. things that you believe about yourself, that is your self-image. Now, of course, the things that you believe about yourself goes into different versions. So I want you to hear me, right? It goes mm-hmm. to what you believe about yourself as a child, what you believe about yourself as a father, mm-hmm. as a husband, right? So as somebody in the workforce, all of these different areas, when it comes down to your spiritual life, you have literally a makeup or an image of yourself or picture of yourself that you see, this is how you respond or you react, or this is what you're worth in all of these different scenarios. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is what your self-image is. So. And like you said, your story is about, you know, from the beginning, and that's good to to notice is because your self-image and we're, when we're growing up as children, we learn who we are through the eyes of the other. So how they react to us, what they tell us, what their situation is and, and how they treat us. We usually take completely concretely. We don't recognize that that person has narcissistic issues or codependent issues or spoiling me for some reason. We're thinking, oh, it's all me. It's me. It's me. (laughs) So we go through life thinking this. And I think finally in, in adolescence, we do start to try to break out of that mold and find ourselves. But if we don't have a positive foundation, you know, there's there again, finding, trying to find your self image when you feel again, that you've only been 
a resource for your parent or not really acknowledged as being an individual or them being interested in you or helping you. You've only been for them. Right. Go into the world. I think this is where codependency is right. Not talked about enough. I don't think it was talked about enough in my schooling nor in my therapy. And it did take a long time for me to recognize, wow, this is, this is a real dynamic that most men and some women, I mean, really people thought, oh yeah, it's a very female thing. Cause it's caregiver, it's yeah. relationship. I'm like, no, I, I don't think that we're getting the full scope of this and that right. men, boys have an emotional life right? and boys emotional life has actually been more suppressed Yes. And and the consequence is for that codependency. If that's a, that's a schema for us to cope with that that kind of world. But so these core values that you're talking about are when it comes to your work and my work, being a therapist is that I'm, I'm helping people maybe navigate, you know, what is it that you see there? And generally they'll start with that. There's nothing there. That they their core their core value is that you know I'm worthless I I I have no value I'm used I'm a victim and or you know or I have maybe good core values in in uh, in work as an as an employee or as a manager right. um, but I don't have it as a husband or father right so we we yeah. see all of these discrepancies but what I find is that in life coaching this is what I like is that that's much more of a well then let's define it. And right. people, don't have this, pet, people don't have the scaffolding, Nehemiah, to, to do that on their own. A lot of times we sit in this state of not knowing what's, what's off. We know something's off. Codependency becomes incredibly maladaptive, mm-hmm. right? It's no longer helpful. And now right. we got to figure something out. So that's, that's really important that, you know, that you're stepping people through this. I work a little bit more in the emotional level of making sense of making sure that no longer are you identifying, That's that. it. but the, the creation of what you are is, mm-hmm. is the, the next step of the journey. There we go. Yeah. So in, in some ways, did yourself, how did your self image take hold and wh- when did that happen for you? All right. So, um, so for my, for my Christian believers out there, right. Uh, <laughs> my thing came through a big ordeal that happened in my life. So of course, sometimes with building, we're going to say new neuroplasticity, right? You have to go through something really crazy at times or something that what Mm. we say is more um, emotionally driven in order for new pathways to be built really fast and really rapid. So I went through an ordeal where um, I went to jail for a certain period of time. This is before I became a life coach, right? Mm -hmm. I went to jail for a certain period of time and it was a me and God situation, right? I didn't do anything crazy or anything like that. Just to say, Mm -hmm. I don't have a felony or anything like that, but I went to jail, right? So it was Mm -hmm. me and him for, uh, for a period of time. And in that sale is where I started to find more and that complete, way more complete version of my self-image. Um, so mm. this is a, I self-identify, I identify myself through what God sees me as. That's mm-hmm. how and when mine took off. So this is about probably, tw- this is tw- the end of 2019, actually. So mm-hmm. this is, that's where mine took hold. So of course, um, I'm made in the image of God, right? Um, understanding that he has the plans for me and I'm supposed to carry my, carry those plans out through just my daily life, 
right? That's how I, that's how I identify. So the gifts that he has, the roles that he has me play, these are part of my self-image because I understand what my purpose is, what my gifts are, how to use them and where I'm going. So a lot mm-hmm. of these things help shape my self-identity. Right. And you know what, there's the different way of using. And so, and this is the thing, whether you believe or not, I mean, because obviously everybody, especially in this country has so many different ways of believing and having, or having spiritual uh, an understanding, right. right. Or, right. Or, or higher intelligence, whatever it is, it's, it's fine. But I think it is part Mm-hmm. of, you know, if we can not look at it in some dogmatic way where you're forever living out that moment in the cell and uh-huh. shaming yourself and feeling bad, you've That's taken it. it. And this is what's so important is that so many people are locked into that idea of their own inner authority. Their Godhead is not somebody uh, that is illuminating anything, providing them with guidance and filling them with love or acceptance or helping them out. It's some sort of inner authority that says, no, you should do this. You shouldn't have your emotion. You should act stronger than you should turn your cheek. You should never talk. You should just, just be the provider. And I'm, I hear this all the time. And, and there's that, that, that dogmatic way of the, the shoulds they, that really pushes a man down. And that's that distortion. Yeah. That's a distortion. We know. Mm-hmm it is a distortion. It's a massive one, but there's, there is a way. And I think sometimes people don't recognize the power of having a spiritual understanding of life that can help them up out of that and to start to kind of reintroduce, like you said, like have an experience where they're expanding again. Right. There we go. They're taking into consideration something larger than them and and how that plays into their lives so that's so that's one of the keys because one of the things i specialize in of course is emotional intelligence all right so in in eiq one of one of the basis of it is you there has to be a spiritual concept or a spiritual piece attached to whatever you have going on so one in order for development so one of the things that i ran into as a life coach is when i come across people um, or clients that do not have a spiritual compass. <laughs> this is where things get tricky because now in order to know where you are going or know what right from wrong is, mm-hmm. something has to be greater than you. You have to have something to measure up to. And if you mm-hmm. always going along saying that, well, what is truth? Like, is, is, is it true that there is no truth? And it's like, you're going to forever stay in that loop and that cycle of, I don't, you, you're going to stay walking around in the circle the entire time because you have nothing to measure up to. Nothing is stronger than you. Nothing's pulling you or pushing you towards being greater. So mm-hmm. that's a, that is a serious piece when it comes down to um, the development of a person. You have to have a spiritual concept or a spiritual part of your life. And if it is not true, then you will forever continue to have that um say that lack feeling so to speak yeah you're going to be seeking searching looking you know and that's and people are just it's it's like to fill me up and we can run into a lot of negative things there we go when we don't look within to fill right with that with that understanding you know and just to kind of uh, not as a, a detour but as a side note i wanted to mention i'm studying now more 
more than ever, like I have studied before in the past, but now really working towards um, helping people, especially with uh, treatment resistant depression and some of the PTSD and all of these with psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. Gotcha. And I just, I just went to a conference and even though ketamine is already online for some of these things and, and legal it's, and that's not necessarily where you'd get it, but MDMA and, and psilocybin are being tested with cancer patients, with end of life issues, with um, people, you know, with terminal illnesses with, or with people with uh, PTSD that have been in war they're having, they're wondering now how much they're trying to, and, but they think it's a hundred percent tied to the effectiveness of these, of these experiences. This the mystical experience that we go, that is occurring through this, that our mind becomes so stuck in that rut you're talking about mm -hmm. that it takes this medicine. And then all of a sudden we're like, Oh, and we can feel that oneness and that larger than life. And that, universal feeling again and it creates a completely mind-shifting change for that person to come back down to earth with they don't they're really concerned that if they synthesize this stuff too much that if they take that out would there be the the profound effective healing that they're finding in clinical studies they don't think so they think yeah. it's part of it they don't want to say it I can understand that. I mean, that's something because if your body is going through something really crazy, of course, that chemical imbalance and you are, mm -hmm. you're being, you're being bogged down in one area, it will affect the other area. So that's, that's something really serious to think about. I understand that. Yeah. And this, in this opening ourselves back up to something larger and right. that's, that is a, like a, a medicine, that's a gateway. That so, we go. You know, into building, and I think this is the whole point. Is is when I talk about codependency, when I, you talk about self-image, and we're all get, we're kind of tying into the next topic, which is you know building a better relationship with yourself. There we go. And and people are like, how do I get emotionally connected to myself again? I know that I've you know because the whole codependency part and being hurt and trauma, mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. that we survive it is by cutting ourselves off from ourselves. So right. do you work on some amount of like building trust oh, with yeah. yourself again? I think that's one of the core things I hear, the key things I hear. So look, so one of the things that I, um, after we established um, core values, right? Um, some people, of course, we may have to take this a little bit slower, but some people you can do this all at one time. We can go rapid pace. But okay. with establishing new core values, this means that you have to go through a process of really establishing what these new habits look like in order to, let's say, apply these new core values, right? Understanding um, the maladaptive thought pattern when it comes up, what are we going to do to counter that, right? And once you, once you find out what are you going to do to counter that and put this in place and sit there and actually focus on it continually, 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 you are doing something called building self-trust. Oh, right? interesting. Okay. Building self-trust. That's, it's a big thing. So that's a part okay. of how you make a, let's say, um, build a better relationship with yourself. It's that one piece you have to have self-trust. You have to know the for a fact that you are concrete in making a decision or putting yourself or being in a situation where you're not going to compromise on the things that you believe to be true. That's a big mm -hmm. thing. So you have to go through what we say, self-acceptance. Right. Yeah. You have to learn how to accept who you are, your emotions, 
your needs that you have, right? To my codependence, you mm-hmm. have to accept your own needs and not try to hide them from your partner and go through that process of a healthy relationship with yourself and other people. That's how you build a better relationship with yourself in, um, let's say, a short version. Yeah, and and I in the 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 parts of what you were saying that really stick out is that you know that people have to start trusting their inner voice to, again. That's it. That, that's it. that that's one of the things that they build is like this little void. Maybe it's big. That though that's wrong. You know, you're trying to say something to yourself. Maybe your intuition has said, "Oh, you know, you really should talk to your partner about this, or you really should, you know, not should, but you really want to." And the the, the other part of you is saying, "No, you shouldn't want anything. You should right. just be able to hold it in." So. I think that that's, again, trusting, like you said, believe in the voice that you hear to begin with. And then you you do have to learn strategies for communication. I I think that that's one of the kind of the wonky parts of this is what are the behaviors? And you said, you know, you have to around the values, have a behavior that exhibits that, but have a scaffolding again, because a lot of times people feel pretty wonky uh, in, or, or raw, let's say raw and telling people how they feel mm-hmm. and, and being able to do that in some way that feels effective and not harsh or effective and not weak. We you go. know, that's, that's again, you know, where I wonder is, you know, men tend to, and maybe how you did, how, how you started to feel like you came from this place where, I'm not sure if you felt like you could talk about how you felt without feeling, you know, judged by others or did you always feel that pretty? Oh no, it was hard. That was something, um, that's something I like I'm married now and I have to, sometimes it's like, we go, we got it. We good. You know, we go, we going to talk myself up. Let's do this. Right. Because vulnerability comes down. It's in stages. Like that's something that you have to always Mm. be intentional about being vulnerable. So no matter what stage you get to, you are always going to have to be intentional about being vulnerable with your partner or in relationship. So, um, that's Mm -hmm. something that I did struggle with because it is, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be looked at as weak? And this is, it's something about having somebody where they are intentionally wanting to show you that love and I'm trusting their commitment to me, right? Because that's a big thing, trusting their commitment to me and um, receiving that, what we say, that acceptance. So, but you have to put yourself out there in order to be accepted, right? But first you have to accept yourself and tell yourself, you, that's, that's where the self-love piece comes in. You have to accept yourself first before you can let somebody else accept you. You have to do it first. Right. Or there won't be that full receptive piece. There we go. It won't. Right. And that that self-acceptance too is that it really is a process of of I think in, in the many ways of deconstructing, you know, again, all these ties to the past where yeah. we have anger still linked up with something where we feel like the victim, or we feel like that we have to continue to live that out in our body or in our mind. But, you know, accept that that's what we went through, you know, that this is where we are now and that this is where we're going. Okay, great. You know, and and then accept that it's your responsibility to take care of your emotions. That's it. So many times with codependency too, we're, we're taught to be enmeshed 
and in people's lives and take care of them. And, oh, I can't tell mom this because she'll fly off the handle. And if I do this to dad, oh, he'll, you know, I, I got to always be taking care of how other people feel. Right. And we're not taking care of how we feel. And so when somebody triggers us and we've held it in too long, we, we let our emotions become, you know, displays or, you know, the, the whole volcano top off. So that's, that is something it's like, as soon as you can accept your experiences, who you are and get in touch with these emotions are mine to take care of. So if they're way out of whack or I'm feeling conflict with my partner, the sooner I say it, the better. Right. And I, I think the relationship with yourself starts to strengthen when you show yourself that you can take care of your feelings and protect yourself, even if somebody rejects you. That's it. Because why in the world do we want to hide, you know, from rejection if that's what they're going to do? Right. That we we need go. to test it. Right. We got to test the waters. That's it. You can't be afraid to put it out there. If they're going to love you, they're going to love you. That's right. all it is. That that whole the the fear of abandonment, or we say the anxious attachment style. That's mm -hmm. you. You gonna have to fight through that. Like self love is putting yourself out there and accepting yourself and just seeing what the reaction gonna be. That's why I said trusting my partner's commitment to me. Right. But let me let me we gonna segue into this because building relationships yeah. with the other people. Right. Yeah. This right. Is where this is gonna segue into. Because mm -hmm. you, so one of the things I tell my clients, um, because a lot of times it's the, I get a lot of people that deal with the codependency. So right. it is, you have to have a, we're going to call it an avatar, or we're going to have a list, an ideal, uh, ideal list of characteristics of the relationships that you want in all different areas. If you right. do not know or understand what first, what is a healthy relationship and what does it look like? What are the mm -hmm. characteristics of a healthy relationship? All right. What do I want and need in this relationship or in a person and how to look for these characteristics in a person? Of course, it's not going to work out. So you have right. to stop for a second and do the homework or do the due diligence. sit down and write it down visualize what these things are and that is how you start to build a better relationship with somebody else or be in a relationship with somebody else because now you have a mm -hmm. bar to measure them by that's mm -hmm. the key well that's one right. of the key that is that is one of the key and i i call that you know um doing the homework around your relationship values yes that's you know it. have core values around relationships whether that's um open communication vulnerability um honesty uh yeah it can be uh, it doesn't have to be moral it can really be very personalized but right. i think that's incredible because in and i want to let all the, the the listeners know that if you don't do this you know what you're going to get is the template that your parents gave you. That you're going to go. get their, their relationship. You're going to marry your mom. You're going to marry your dad or some amalgamation of both of them. Right, there we go. If you don't do this, I'm serious. Like that's so, that's what's so profound about doing the work is that people's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll meet the right person or I'll know I'll feel it. Mm. I'm like, you'll be feeling something <laughs> that is, is connected to your past. Yes, it's that very powerful. That's it. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that that is going to equal what and the idea of a healthy relationship is. So that's that's about what God talks about. Um, like your heart is deceitful, right? right? Because that's your feelings. They can be very deceitful. If you don't have something to measure them up to, 
then you're not going to act. You're only going to act off emotion or past trauma or something in your body signaling something else that ain't supposed to be there. And you trying to take this as fact. That's that's not it. Right. Yeah. So, your, your, your feelings are signals. That's so right, too. And, and, and really a lot of wisdom there to break down. And there's so much wisdom in that space is that that there is there's signals that you need to be able to think with uh, clarity uh, in a complex way, not just a black and white way, meaning like right or wrong. Should I go? Should I not? No, that's only one way. We need to look at them in so many ways to try to understand them because they are going to signal us always. Like those are little channels that are open. And if we, but if we don't have anything else, they become, it seems like they become what pulls us that's and pulls us into, I mean, we kind of regress way back to not trusting ourselves, to making bad decisions, to mm-hmm. like, and feeling like our self-esteem is, is completely annihilated. Right. I'm like, wow. All because you just followed that signal. That's for it. some reason, that emotion was a green light. Did you ever think about why you had it? No, there we I don't go. Know. <laughs> so it's the trick of following your triggers. That's all it is. Understanding what your triggers are. All right, you've done the visualization and you understand that this leads to this and this leads to this because it's like it's one of those things where um, when I'm talking to somebody that doesn't know how to have great conflict or know how to, let's say, um, have great conflict resolution. Right. right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things you have to role play. You have to role play with the person that you're trying to interact with, right? From our narcissistic and codependency types, right? You have Mm -hmm. to role play with different things that they might be trying to say to you or do to you so that you know how to counter it, but you have to role play with your emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to sit there and imagine, oh, this feeling is taking me down this way. I'm seeing this happening. How do I stop it from getting to this point? I need to react differently in this way. So it's, you have to role yes. play with yourself in order to get over it. Yeah. And you know, and I, I will say that that technique creating like an objective third, I, but an objective part of us that can look into a situation before we enter it to have this kind of play out and figure out how they're going to usually get defensive. I act, I add that to it. So when they start to do that normal, even somebody I love dearly, that normal gaslight thing, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to go, do you see how elevated you're getting? You know, I'm going to have my response to that thing. And then even people that we really care about might be stressed at the time, who knows what they're going through, not equal in their, you know, our objectivity, we can bring them back into balance to have a conversation. If we can hold space for them to have a couple of defensive reactions, it doesn't mean it's over. I'm like, just because they've had a defensive reaction. I mean, can't we get a little past that and see if it continues? That's some grace. Yeah, that's some grace right there. Right. And having that both, I I call it with my couples, the guy needs, you know, sometimes be the rock and the woman needs to be the shore. There we go. You know, some, some amount of containment happens on both sides, but it really feels safe to talk to somebody that, you know, over time, if you practice this, it really builds trust in one another. Like we're talking about the trust in our partners that, okay. I, I know that this isn't going to go off 
the rails. I know where they're going to be this time around and, and not to abuse that, but to really to take that and, and show up as your best self, even when go. something's off. That's so, accountability. I understand. Right. Yeah. That's the right. accountability right. of yourself. And, and I can't, we can't miss out the accountability to yourself mm-hmm. and to your partner. Yes, it. I really want to talk about physical health. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because we kind of mixed in the spiritual health part, but physical health to me is so incredibly important as a, like a core value yes. as, as something that your partner like you would want to share if, if it's important to you. And so I guess I, I want to see where on your journey, like how you've, was it natural for you? Were you always into sports or something like that, where it was something easy? How do you work with people on this? Because this is really, I think, fundamental and, okay. and pushed off to the side for some reason. So me, myself, just starting off with my journey, um, growing up, I wasn't always into sports. Of course, we played sports outside because I'm um, a 90s baby right almost an 80s baby so I know that we still played outside so we played the sport but uh, one of the things that happened with me was just say even in my later years um, I started this journey in late or early 2015 January 5th 2015 all right so this is where I started yeah this is where I started to make my transition because of I hated what I saw in the mirror okay this is where this comes into play I hated what I saw in the mirror and also I hated some of the emotions and the things that I was feeling on and the habits that I had all at the same time. So okay. I went, I went on this 90 day journey, right? And this was, this was called a 90 day challenge. And this challenge, I, I put down um, six different habits that I had that I wanted to personally get rid of. Right. Okay. And also I attached church to it as far as I wanted to go back. And also I attached losing 40 pounds to it in 90 days. I ended up, oh yeah, I ended up losing 50 pounds in 90 days. I ended up getting rid of four, four or five of the habits in those 90 days. And also I did start going back to church all at one time. So it is super important because what you see on the outside, right? It does affect how you feel on the inside. If you do not if you, if you just, if you, what you see in the mirror is you're going to, if you're going to, let's say, um, not, not talk about body dysmorphia, anything like that, but right, if you right. feel like you're overweight, you look like you're overweight, you don't like how your clothes fit. If your muscles aren't popping like you want to, it's, it's going to have an effect on how you feel about yourself. So physical health is super important to your self image and to your mental health all at the same time. It's very serious. Right. Yeah. How, how, how could you have done would you have lost any of those habits or picked up going back to church regularly if if you didn't have the physical health component? See, this is how you know how accountable did it make you, or what did it? What do you think it instilled in you? And how many times did you go? Did you go every day? Did you work with uh, a so, trainer? Or? So I did all of this myself. Actually, the first yeah. ninety days, everything was wow. straight up YouTube knowledge. Right. I went on YouTube and I started just to learn, look at different people. I learned about dieting um, or started to learn about dieting and different things. So um, I went four days a week. I started, I said, no less than four days a week. Okay. Um, I, went, I went basically every single week. Then, of course, it started to increase. And what this did was help me to build self 
confidence because what I saw was that I, I started getting results because of the actions and the plan and that I implemented my own mm -hmm. or on in myself. And then of course, as I stopped dropping the other habits, it just continued to keep building because it just started to create this whole new persona, right? These core values were starting mm -hmm. to really be ingrained in me. So that's, that's how that happened for me. Right. And people, I think that that's where you have to have a scaffolding. You have to have a core, right. you know, to attach some of these well-intended things that we want to do. And it's, right. it's interesting. It's like the core value is only a word until you bring it to life and you right. embody it and you exhibit it and you are doing it. You, you are walking the talk. I, that's really a lot of times people have all these habits right. that they, you know, become addicted to without understanding that they're addicted to them or that they are dependent upon. And it, it becomes, it, they feel helpless to it because there's no, it kind of soften, it, they soften us in this center. There's so much about our social media and everything that we consume or we put in our bodies that seem to make our core mush. Right? A whole lot more. And, and now I, I feel like people feel so helpless to, well, okay, I wanna do these things. But they don't necessarily, again, they, they don't have the confidence. They don't understand what the power of, of, of focusing on doing something consistently for 90 days. In the scope of your lifetime, that's not that much. And not look at, at the all. change. <laughs> not at all. It was a big change. Right? And, yeah. and being able to, and how, do you help people through like a 90-day challenge? I mean, how do, you, how, how do you work with people to make sure physical health is... I'm not trying, <laughs> I'm not saying, like if they don't, but do you, do you make it part of your programming? That's important? Oh, yes. All right. So right now um, I have a few different programs where of course you can just only do personal training or strength and conditioning for athletes, professional okay. athletes, or any athlete at any level. Um, you can just focus on that. But also what I like to, I like to tie everything together. Right. right. So for some people, you may have a different injury. So I specialize in rehab also. So if I create a customized plan for your body, some mm -hmm. people, they, they, they need the rehab where they have shoulder injuries, knee injuries, back injuries, right? They may need help with their nutrition. So of course I, I do nutrition also everything mm -hmm. all in one. So of course I create a customized program for you. If it's going to take you six months to a year, that's what we're going to put. That's what we're going to do. Six months to a year. If it's going to take right. you 90 days to reach that goal, that's what we're doing. But mm -hmm. also there's another piece added on to it. A lot of people forget that they need help with time management mm -hmm. and replacing habits. Those are Huge. two different things. There we go. The emotional piece that's attached to our daily routine is something different. So you have to sometimes you have to sit back and reevaluate your time and where you're putting it. So now you have to put time to cook your meals and meal prep. You have to make times to get ready for the gym, pack your gym bag. What time are you going to sleep? What time are you going to wake up? What this is all of these different things that you have to put in place when you are starting a health routine. You need to sit down and talk to somebody at times to help yeah. you get things in order. So this is where the life coaching comes in because the emotional piece that you may be dealing with is it goes along with that. So I do life coaching all at the same time. If you're dealing with different outside issues where mm -hmm. you are you're dealing with some type of like a relationship issue and you trying to stick to a gym program, we putting everything together. So we got mm -hmm. life coaching, we got personal training. And then of course, if you need the spiritual piece along with it, 
I'm yeah. a medicine myself. So I do all right. of it at the same time. Yeah. And that, I'm sure that informs a lot of your work as well. And that's, that's really awesome to be able to tie in and weave in and, and get people to understand the importance of, of the spiritual component. But I think you, I, I want to really point out that you have a lot of understanding, you know, to my listeners too, that there is, there's not just, oh yeah, I'm your, your strength and conditioning coach. The fact that you understand that the part about being able to execute that, to reach your goal, doesn't happen there mm -hmm. at, at first. Right. It happens before. It happens in that emotional, it's, yes. it's deconstructing, analyzing, right? understanding that you have an emotional attachment to some routine in your day that's most likely less productive right. than necessary for to, to incorporate a goal like this. So you're going to have to work through you know, oh, I want to stay up till 11 because I always have to like watch that one more episode. No, it's that's when you check, pack your bat, you know, you're going to bed. So that, that you work with people to organize their lives in order to accomplish the goal because Absolutely. our daily routines have so much to do. It's a lot of times, again, how our house is, you know, like even like how clean our house is, if our bed is made, if our clothes, you know, there are so many aspects, just a little bit of our lives and behind the scenes that have to do with how organized we are mentally. Right. A lot now, of times. Yeah. But that's, that can be perfectionistic. Okay. No, but most of, most of the time it's not, right. But it's, but it's more that, you know, I'm wasting a tremendous amount of time, or I don't even recognize that I'm spending this much time doing X, Y, and Z if I'm not working with somebody. Right. So if I can get my time management and understand that part and that component and set that into motion, the success rate is so much higher for go. taking on health and fitness goals. And again, confidence that you can organize your life across the board. Right. That's, that's huge. So many people feel, it can't feel out of control of your, your time. And then as soon as you feel you know, stressed out and freaked out, well, I can't go to the gym. Right. So that's, that's one of the things that I've come across in my career is a lot of people, they don't quit because of the program itself. They quit because of the outside influences. Or I had to pick my, it's, it's, uh, well, I can't come today. I had to pick my kids up school from school. Or my husband was mad at me and we got into a fight and I couldn't come to the gym. And then it's a snowball effect and it keeps going on and on and on. So it's the outside things that usually influence the gym itself. And then you have mm -hmm. people who just, they don't come back or they start and stop continually every single year. It's the same thing. So right. definitely yeah. And, but that's the, I think that's the key piece to say to anyone who ever even starts with you, starts with me or starts with anyone. It's like, Hey, you know, talk to your coach, talk to your therapist. Like people think that they have to make these decisions in a vacuum or they can't reach for out for help with that kind of deciding factor. Okay. Well, what, what can we do to keep you on track? Cause consistency is so important. I think setting that up in the beginning is so important, right? Yes. Like yes. what are our goals for working with the person and that, you know, we're investing in this too. Uh, and, ha and, and having people that we're working with that are ready to uh, consider that re this relationship also right. vital, right? That, that these are relationships that 
are, are, you know, could be incredibly significant to the rest of your life and your growth if you could take them seriously. So but I, I think that this is the emotional growth that I feel people don't necessarily get a lot of help in understanding you know, how we work together, how, you know, I'm not just a service provider. This is a relationship and people need more coaching on how to be in a relationship. A lot of yeah, times it's, yeah. I, I, I so wish, you know, that it was just so intuitive, but that's the codependency part. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, that's, that's the education. We got to educate. That's what it's about. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it is about educating. So, you know, and, and where are you going with your TikTok? And we'll, we'll then we'll wrap up. I kind of want to know what is, how can people find you on to Do you do TikTok, Instagram? Do you have so, a website? I, so I have my website. Uh, we're building another website for me, but right now you can go to my Instagram. It's Nehemiah underscore favors. That's N-E-H-E-M-I-A-H underscore favors. F-A-V-O-R-S on Instagram. And then of course on my TikTok, I believe it's just Nehemiah Favors too. Let me look at that. Cause actually I do not remember what I don't my think TikTok you, is. Do you, yeah, I don't think you have an underscore on that. No TikTok, but I believe it's uh we're gonna, we'll find that out. Cause I need to know that. But <laughs> it, actually, no, wait, it's, it's, it's Nehemiah underscore BSS grind. There we go. All right. So that's my company. Body, soul, BSS ground, body, soul, and spirit ground. Um, that's everything all in one. So my TikTok is fitness, it's emotional health, it's spiritual health, it's everything all encompassed in one. Same thing with my Instagram. That's awesome. And do you and you're gonna have a website coming up? What is it gonna be? So right now, um, I do have a website. It's bssground.com, but it's being okay. it's gonna be reconstructed. But also, if you go to my Instagram, you can click the link in my bio. And if you want to schedule a consultation or a sit down meeting with me, just go to the link in my bio, and you can yeah. schedule a free consultation. We'll sit down 15, 30 minutes, and we'll talk about what you need, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever you need, and we can set you up with a program right then and there, whether it's in person or it's via Zoom. We oh, have nice. all the services available for you. Nice, nice. Well, I would love to work with you even. So let's see. I know, I know. And but I think that there's there's so many men that also need to feel like they have somebody that they can trust and mentor them and get them through some of the harder parts of this in order to rebuild their confidence after, you know, years of being in a negative relationship or whatever it is that they're coming out of. Staying in a victim state is not where the health is. It's it's building yourself back up. And it starts, it starts with finding the right help. I, I really right. think people need to embrace that. That's how, I mean, that's how it's done a lot of times. Right. So. Community is big. So yes, we need to help. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on Emotional Warrior Podcast. Happy to be here. All I right. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll talk again. I'm quite sure. All right. Lois, we'll, we'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.